0: When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply.
1: This is Chief Conti of the Metropolitan Police Department, and I'm asking for your help. We all must avoid using our cell phones while driving as lives are increasingly at risk with this behavior. So much can happen when you are distracted by a phone, and the results could be deadly. Help us make Vision Zero a reality by keeping your eyes on the street. MPD is enforcing the district's hands-free distracted driving laws. One text or call can wreck it all. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Jackson McCurry, joined, as always, by my co-host, uh, Anthony. We're actually coming up on five years of this thing, man, but Anthony Jokey is my co-host. How are you, my friend?
0: Yeah, you sent me that thing the other day about uh, being close to five years. Like, I Honestly, I can't believe it. Um, we've obviously endured quite a bit from the lowest of lows to not the highest of highs yet, but uh, a couple good highs. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been crazy and, um, you know, things are good. Things are really good.
1: Yeah. Coming up on five years next month, when, uh, you started this podcast, I was just a guest for the first few episodes, but not only that, but we're closing in on 300 episodes, which I, I, didn't know what to, exp- how long we would do this thing. Um, But the fact that we're close to five years of this and 300 episodes, I mean, just goes to show like our dedication to this and how much we love the Cleveland Browns. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's uh, yeah. the, the fact that this podcast made it through the Owen 16 season is just <laughs> uh, an absolute testament to that. So uh, if we can make it through that season we, and pretty much, uh, the rest is pretty easy, I guess.
1: Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, but I think as much as like our dedication is, the fact that people still listen. Um, you know, I always look at the numbers a couple times a week, and I'm always thankful that you know people still listen to us. Not only you know nationally across the United States, but the fact that we we have an international uh, fan base to a degree uh, just goes to show you that people love the Browns and they uh, they listen as long as we keep pumping out content.
0: Yeah, yeah, the Browns are a wide reach and I don't think people truly understand that. Uh, wait, just wait till they win it all. You'll see it all over the place.
1: Oh, without a doubt. Um, you know, we're recording this on March sixth. It's uh Sunday, early Sunday afternoon. Uh the NFL combine is wrapping up. Obviously, Sunday afternoon is the defensive backs. Uh they close out the combine. But Anthony, so far, I think, you know, this combine, you know, re- regardless of them changing the time, uh, of when, you know, the combines on TV, when it takes place, no, they changed the format obviously, because now you have them guys bench pressing in the morning and then doing the on-field drills in the afternoon, which, uh, I'm not a fan of it, but you know, I understand the NFL wants to try to spice things up. Um, there's obviously the rumors that they could be moving out of Indianapolis, although the consensus, Consensus around the media is that Indianapolis is the perfect spot for this event um, because of the traveling within the city, uh, the traveling of how the NFL can gather together. is like a perfect spot. But uh, the combine like it is usually every year, it has been very entertaining and eventful so far the last couple of days.
0: Yeah, you know, the NFL really adjusted things with the Combine, and they've truly made it kind of like must-see TV. And, um, you know, with all the different changes that they made, it, it, it is fun to watch. Uh, to be honest, I haven't seen much of it with, with work uh, the last couple of days, but I've been able to catch some of the highlights. And, you know, they it I don't know how they could turn athletic workouts into theater, But somehow they've managed to do that. And that's just the NFL being the NFL and being able to do those things. So, um, you know, whether they move it out of Indy or keep it there, people are still going to watch. And, you know, having this stuff in, like, prime time, uh, people are always hungry for football. And they've really found something that works. So, yeah. it's it's just great theater to watch it and you're you're sitting there in suspense wondering if this guy is going to run a 4-4-5 four, four, or a 4-4 four, four or under 4-4 four, four. it's 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 crazy the uh, the atmosphere that the NFLs created around this thing
1: yeah without a doubt and you know Saturday afternoon it was i think the whole NFL world was at a jaw drop when Georgia defensive tackle Jordan Davis stepped on the field to do his workouts and um to tell you the historicness of his performance um you know math bomb on twitter posts the relative athletic scores every year when the prospects do their drills and you know says this this guy ranks x out of how many people are in the database and for people that don't know about this go to ras.football he has an unbelievable database. I think there's over 17,000 players. But to tell you the historicness of this, Jordan Davis is the highest-ranked defensive tackle in the history of the database, and the only guy in the, in the database that outranks him is Calvin Johnson, the Hall of Fame receiver of the Detroit Lions. Jordan Davis ran a 4.7840 his... Uh, Vertical jump was 32 inches. His broad jump was 10 foot three inches. He has a perfect score of 10 in the relative athletic score. Um, Just the unbelievable performance of a guy who's 341 pounds. I mean, everybody was in shock of this performance. And this guy was already a first round uh, projected first round pick, Anthony. But now you have to wonder if he wasn't in the discussion potentially for 13 for the Browns. I think he'll be at least in the discussion by the time we get to draft day in April.
0: Yeah. You know, I think it, it it all depends on what happens between now and then, right? So you have free agency coming up and, you know, obviously the Browns uh, have a large need on the defensive line, both at and, and at defensive tackle, if they can, find a couple stop gaps in uh free agency for defensive end or if they think they could find a long-term starter in there then, then you know that could definitely push uh davis you know up their board a little bit as, as somebody to potentially take at 13. so um i i i i just think it depends on that so it, it's uh it's kind of wait and see uh you know after free agency begins here shortly um I I think uh, you can start to see the buzz for him to uh, go at 13 if whatever happens with Clowney or whatever else happens in free agency uh, on a defensive line. um, I think we'll find out here in the next few weeks if that could become more of a possibility.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, you mentioned Clowney, uh, the edge position, you know, they were out there on Saturday as well. And, uh, you know, I think what we expected out of the edges, they backed it up. But the one guy I think that stood out the most was Trevon Walker. Um, he's a top 25 prospect. I've seen him ranked between 20 and 25, but he goes out, has a dominant combine performance comparable to Miles Garrett's uh, combine back in 2017. He runs a 4.5140. 140. Uh, his shuttle was a 4.32. His three cone was a 6.89. Uh also a 10-foot-3 broad jump, uh, great vertical. I mean, we all knew he was an athletic monster. And if you look at Georgia's defensive front with Jordan Davis, Travon Walker, and um, their other defensive tackle who's escaping me, names escaping me, but he had a great combine as well. Um, Georgia, much like Alabama, is pumping out some serious recruits over the years, the NFL prospects over the years, I mean. Um, but I think Trevon Walker... If, like, I like Jordan Davis, if he wasn't in the discussion, do the Browns look at what he did at the combine? And if he matches up on the tape, what he did at Georgia, you know, we know Hutchinson and Thibodeau are going to be off the board. It's a good chance Walker might be off the board. Not just him, but David Ajabo and George Karloftis. I mean, there is some talented edge rushers. And if Clowney walks, you know, the Browns might find another veteran in free agency, but you have to think. Uh, one of these edge guys could also be a serious option for the Browns to pick 13.
0: Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it just kind of goes back to what I just talked about with free agency, but um, you know, there's, there's so many options for 13 and it's a good problem to have, I guess, Jack, you know, they don't have to pick this a uh, certain position. I know, you know, defensive end, defensive tackle receiver are, are kind of, More of a priority at the moment, which kind of makes it good for them that there's so many options at both of those positions and uh, defensive end and receiver uh, when they come to 13, uh, because there's a bunch of those guys that can go... um, around that range so you know they might not have the pick at the best one but they can certainly have you know the next like closest tier guy uh at 13 and it, and i don't really think there's going to be much of a drop off uh from those guys so um it, it's it's a good spot to be in i guess where we're picking right now with all these guys you know performing highly and um maybe it's not going to be the top guy, but it could be like the second or third guy based on, you know, if a a run starts early on a certain position.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Coming in, I don't know who you were like a fan of going into 13 or for the 13th pick coming in, but did anybody like enter the picture for you based on what you saw out of the combine um, or did the, the, did the names you had in mind stay the same for you? Yeah, it, it pretty much stayed the same. Like,
0: you know, the, the top receivers, you know, uh, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, um, you know, those guys. Uh, and then obviously <laughs> the, the guys at defensive end too. But I don't know. I, I, I after yesterday, I am really enjoying the thought of Jordan Davis playing next to Miles Garrett. Um, I'm not sure what they can figure out at the defensive end, and I know there will be other receivers there in the second round uh, for them to take, or they could always trade back up into the first if they really wanted to. But I don't know. I I honestly think of having somebody – I don't want to crown this guy a Hall of Famer yet, but a guy who scored athletically higher than – Aaron Donald, uh, at the combine, having the, uh, the idea of him playing next to Miles Garrett.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, and there's people saying, well, Jordan Davis is only a two down player. Now he might've been that in college and with all the talent surrounding him in Georgia, he only had to be a two down player. I think as athletic of a freak he is, you know, there is a good chance as long as he stays in, good physical condition. He could probably be a three down player in the, at the next level. Um, I think that's a narrative that uh, we'll see if it changes at all. Um, you know, the more uh, we get to watch him, the more we get to learn about him, if he's willing to be a three down player, if his body can hold up, maybe he can be a three down player. Um, I definitely entertain the thought of him being, a uh, being in the discussion at 13 for me. Uh, it really didn't change based on the combine performances, obviously seeing Olave and Wilson both run uh, four threes, even though originally Olave, I think ran a four two and everybody was just like, Whoa, like that. It was the shock. But uh, the new guy that's doing the unofficial 40 times for the NFL network, he, uh, he had a rough combine to say the least, because when the official times came out uh, a lot of the numbers had to be adjusted. But uh, for me, I think, Obviously, the wide receivers are in discussion at 13. I think Burks and Wilson will be the first two off the board, so I don't see them making it to 13. So Drake London, who didn't get to test out, he will, I think, in his pro day in early April at USC. He's in the discussion. Chris Olave's in the discussion for me. Jamison Williams is because, from all reports, he's uh, doing well in his rehab from his ACL injury. I think he's in discussion. And then you talk about the edges, I think Ojabo and Walker – And then also Jordan Davis. I think those are the six guys right now uh, that I have circled as the potential pick for the Browns at 13. And maybe it dwindles down after early free agency, seeing what the Browns do, how aggressive they are at certain positions, see if that changes my thought process of how they will attack this draft.
0: You know, I I don't know if free agency can necessarily dictate how the draft goes, Uh, you know, because if they, you know, sign a guy, say at like. Uh, edge on a two or three year deal. I could totally see them still bringing in somebody else, you know, and as a, as a first round draft pick. So, I mean, or same thing, same thing with wires. I think wide receiver is the most obvious with that, but I don't know if free agency is going to really dictate uh, the draft per se, but um, I I would certainly say if it's a a defensive end, uh, especially a starter quality one, um, I would kind of lean towards, you know, wide receiver or something else at that point.
1: Yeah, I think if, I think if whoever they sign potentially as an edge rusher, um, I don't think that'll change their draft mindset if they, you know, are targeting a Travon Walker or David Ajabo, or even if one of the big three edge rushers, Thibodeau, or not the big two, I mean, Thibodeau or uh, Hutchinson somehow fall which Thibodeau might, which uh, that's a whole nother discussion for another day. But like, say they target Chris Godwin or one of the other free agent wide receivers, which we will get to in a moment. Um, maybe that changes their mindset of, hey, we don't need to take a wide receiver at 13. We can get somebody else in the second round, like a Jahan Dotson or George Pickens uh, out of Georgia. So uh, free agency will make things a little bit more clear, but it'll be definitely uh, interesting to see how that shakes out.
0: Yeah. And it's coming up very shortly. So it's uh, it's we're right in the beginning of the fun ride uh, of the offseason.
1: We definitely are. And uh, let's go ahead and jump to free agency because uh, there was some news and notes that came out of the combine uh, outside of obviously watching the prospects on the field and listening to them speak. Uh, We know the Browns are going to target wide receivers in free agency. Anthony. Obviously, this is a room that really needs to be upgraded. Uh, We know Jarvis Landry is likely going to be released prior to free agency. It seems like they're definitely heading that route, according to all reports. But it seems like this is going to be a position that the Browns will target heavily in free agency. Uh, Zach Jackson and Jeff Howe of The Athletic reported on Friday that the Browns will be interested in soon-to-be free agent Amari Cooper, who, by all reports, will be released by the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the next coming days they're also expressing interest in tampa Bay's chris godwin uh the chargers mike williams who actually is going to be franchise tagged according to reports and also chicago's Allen robinson so anthony you know we know wide receiver is a big need the last couple years you know positions that the browns have needed to upgrade they have attacked in free agency whether it was offensive tackle two years ago by signing jack conklin last year upgrading the secondary by signing troy hill and john johnson now it seems like the Browns still have some cap space that they could be aggressive with. They're going to obviously I think create some here in the coming weeks by making some roster cuts, but it seems like the Browns are going to go after a wide receiver. Uh, one of the big names out of those, we're going to say three names because we're not going to count Mike Williams out of Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin and Alan Robinson. Who would you want the Browns to target?
0: It's tough because he's coming off the ACL injury, but I, I really like Chris Godwin. Um, I, I think he's the best option here. And I think there's still more. Um, I still think he has a ceiling that he can reach. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate that he suffered that injury because he probably would have got the biggest payday out of everybody uh, in free agency. Uh, if Tampa Bay didn't like franchise them. Uh, but I, I think with the injury, uh, I don't know how hesitant teams are going to be um, with him, but I, I, truly feel he's he's the, the 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 best receiver uh available right now so I, I i think i would go with him
1: yeah i think i would as well um you know amari cooper has never been that number one receiver in my eyes um i feel like he's benefited from having other guys around him like he's been uh fantastic as a receiver whether it was in oakland or with the cowboys but I've never looked at him as a serious number one target and the numbers back that up. Um, Alan Robinson's a guy that I wouldn't mind taking a one year deal on. Uh, it's interesting to see what his market's going to be. Um, I wouldn't give him a multi-year deal just because, you know, while he has struggled, well, no, he's been successful in his career. Last year, he definitely struggled with the bears. I don't know if that was uh, just a falling out between him and the coaching staff or uh, was he dealing with injuries, but his numbers took a significant drop. Uh, Could have been the quarterback play. It seemed like he was working um, with Trubisky and, you know, with, I think Andy Dalton was the starter in 2020, if I'm wrong, if I'm, no, no, I'm wrong. I think it was Trubisky, but um, this last year, he he couldn't get a connection going with Justin Fields, but yeah, I'm interested to see what Godwin's market's going to be coming off the ACL injury. He still put up over a thousand yards and nearly a hundred receptions. It would be a fantastic signing for the Browns. Barring everything checks out medically i could see him getting about 16 17 18 million dollars per year but i'm anxious to see what kind of competition the browns will have uh for his services
0: yeah I, i also wonder um you know if they do sign one of these top guys what what could be like another I won't say, like, under the radar, but, like, a second-tier move at the receiver position, maybe signing a couple of guys in free agency because if, if they are going to lose Landry, which it seems like they will, you know, you, you have Peoples-Jones, you have Anthony Schwartz right now. Um, am I blanking on anybody else?
1: Demetric Felton, which, I mean, he's a hybrid because he plays
0: running back and receiver. Yeah, So so you really don't have much, right? So I could certainly see them signing like two or three guys um, and maybe doubling up on um, draft picks at some point at, at the receiver position. Um, who's a guy maybe in a second or third tier free agent wise that you have your eye on?
1: Um, I know Jack Duffin, cause we talked about it on the last episode and he wrote an article over the dot talking about, potential bargain uh, free agents he mentioned that the wide receiver position jamison crowder who's been with the jets would be a solid guy to replace landry at the slot and wouldn't be uh too much salary wise he also mentions noah brown who's coming out of the cowboys uh receiver room um definitely we know him from his time at ohio state but could be a guy that you know could sign really cheap um in addition to that room and could be one of these under the radar guys that. You know, having to be behind Cooper and Gallup and CeeDee Lamb in Dallas, maybe he's got some uh, untapped potential and could break out here as a wide receiver three or four with the Browns. Book your New Jersey summer vacation. Get ready for sunshine vibes and waves of beach and boardwalk fun. Go for exciting destinations, entertaining nightlife, and endless outdoor adventures. Whether relaxing along 130 miles of Jersey Shore or climbing high in the Skylands, create your New Jersey summer escape at visitnj.org/booknow.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just can see you know them signing like two or three guys. Uh, to really bolster up the competition in that room if that's something they're gonna um, completely remake
1: yeah definitely i think this is going to be a room that they really uh look into to upgrade along with the defensive tackle room i think that's another position they'll attack heavily uh this off season but uh, i like the aggressiveness i like that andrew Barry and stefanski know like if we want to expand this offense we need to bolster the wide receiver room because I think that's the one misperception is that, you know, when Odell Beckham was hurt in 2020 and then obviously made his exit this past season, the wide receiver room did not have explosiveness, did not have the best athletes in terms of speed and explosion. And I think, you know, obviously Andrew Barry, Paul D Podesta, Stefanski, they recognize that and are focusing on trying to upgrade that room so that, you know, the perception of Stefanski's offense can change as long as you have the right people uh, and pieces to that wide receiver room.
0: Yeah. I guess this will kind of lead into our next thing about Baker, but like, how do you feel the, I, I there's, there's still some uncertainty. I know we're, we're going to talk about this in a second, but um, at, at the quarterback position, how do you think that's it's going to affect like the free agent part of this, especially for a receiver?
1: I think it could hurt to a degree. Um, obviously because of the stuff that's come out about uh, what Odell Beckham has said to other players, you know, the whole Von Miller thing. Um, I'm sure, you know, there's talk around the league, like, yeah, the Browns don't know how to use wide receivers. They Baker doesn't Baker's not going to get them over or not going to throw them the ball. I mean, there is a lot of that perception. Hopefully it can change. Hopefully if the Browns can talk to, you know, these players, uh, representatives. And then when obviously free agency opens up, being able to talk to these players personally, maybe that'll change some of the perceptions. Maybe if they say, Hey, this is our plan. This is how we're going to utilize you. Um, regardless if Baker's the quarterback or whoever's the quarterback, I think it'll be a tough sell, but also at the same time, I trust this front office. I think they're going to find the right guys and I think like they're going to try to do whatever they can to fix this offense and to change those national perceptions about, uh, this Browns offense and how they utilize wide receivers.
0: Yeah. It's I uh, I don't know. It, it, I, I'm very curious to see how like the rest of this offseason is going to shake out. I know there's a, obviously after missing the playoffs and, and being eight and nine, there's a lot of opportunity here. And um, I think Stefanski talked about the other day uh, where he said you know, you really got to take a, a hard look at yourself and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, a hard look at yourself and look to see what was done well, look to see what was done poorly, how you get better in, in both those aspects. Um, and like, if something didn't work well, are we going to completely like toss it out the window, et cetera. So very curious to see how things are going to look come, uh, come August.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think like like you just said, I think Stefanski and the coaching staff in the front office sat down these last couple of months, watched the tape, and said, you know, this stuff that we were doing, it's not working. Uh, we know what – they're obviously watching and seeing what's working, but now it's time to, like, incorporate some new stuff. And obviously that's what April, May, and June is for when they come back and OTA start and mini camp start so they can incorporate and install some new things offensively that's going to make not only – the players better, but also the coaches better knowing this stuff works. We know this stuff can work. Let's let's utilize it and implement it into the offense so that we can keep this thing rolling to where things don't get derailed in 2022. And, you know, obviously the more pressure ensues obviously from up above, but you mentioned Baker Mayfield, obviously that's been the whole, the main, crux of Brown's discussion here for the last couple months. months, uh, his future with the Browns, the future of the quarterback position, Baker's representatives and the Browns met during the combine and they agreed. Baker will be back. The team has reinforced their plans to have him as the starting quarterback. Baker's not getting an extension. He will play on the fifth year option at 18.9 million. And they're pretty much going to treat this as a prove it year, both sides. Um, we don't know what their plan is at backup quarterback. It would seem like case Keenum's going to be out, but Anthony, what's your thoughts on the Browns reinforcing the, what they've said all along publicly that Baker Mayfield is the guy, at least for 2022.
0: I mean, you kind of have to, right. You know, you, uh, I I think if they came out and said, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to stick with them and and said the opposite, kind of like the opposite of, of what, uh, uh, the Colts GM said this week about Carson Wentz, like you can't go out and say that. Could you imagine if if Chris Ballard came out and, and said that about Baker Mayfield this week? Um, that, that I, I that's going to be an interesting situation over there. But um, you know they they said the things that they needed to say. And look, if one of these guys. In uh, a trade still happens, you know, one of these top guys, while it, it is unlikely, you know, at, at least right now they've reinforced their hand uh, behind Baker and it just sends a message to, um, you know, the, the rest of the team and especially Baker that they're going to stick with him. But obviously things can still change. I don't see them changing, but um, I, I still think. Uh, a competition addition to this roster would be helpful for him uh, to maybe kind of light that fire a little bit. Uh, I know he's going to come out this year with like the massive chip on his shoulder, uh, pun intended, I guess. Um, And he's going to do his best, but uh, unless something changes in in the next few weeks with a a trade, you know, obviously Baker's going to be the guy. And that's, that's, uh, why they reinforce that because those trades are unlikely.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I think the Browns did explore the possibility of, you know, trading for an upgrade at the quarterback position. They may have called the Packers about Aaron Rodgers. Um They may have called the Seahawks uh, for Russell Wilson. I think the Kirk cousins and Derek Carr rumors were legitimate. Um, there. I seen a report that several teams have called about Derek Carr, but uh, it didn't say that the Raiders rebuffed those calls uh, like the Seahawks did when the commanders made a major offer for Russell Wilson, according to the NFL Network. But I think this was always the likely thing, you know, regardless of people saying, oh, we're we're going to be able to go get Watson or uh, Rogers or Wilson or whoever. I think the likely option was they were going to bring Baker back uh, my only thing is, are they going to bring in some form of competition? Case Keenum's due a million dollar bonus in a couple of weeks and he's due. I think it's a little over 8 million. I don't see the Browns bringing him back for that. My only thing is, do they bring in another backup for a significant amount of money? There was the Mitchell Trubisky stuff, but it seems like he is going to be pursued as if he's going to be a starting quarterback somewhere this year, which leaves really Jameis Winston, who's coming off an ACL injury. It looks like he's going back to New Orleans. Um, and then Marcus Mariota, who's been the backup for Carr the last couple of years in Las Vegas. Pardon, almost said Oakland. Um, and then the only other option really is Nick Mullins, who I think performed well in the Raiders game. Uh, it's probably the most likely guy to be the Browns backup quarterback, or maybe they draft someone. I, I have a feeling they're going to add a quarterback of some kind this offseason. It's just a matter of who and how and for how much.
0: Yeah, and, and you know I don't think they can go crazy uh, spending wise. You know I don't know if they're gonna give out like another Keenum like contract uh, if they do decide to part ways with them. Um, you might have to if you want to bring in a guy for competition, but uh, there's certainly other uh, holes on this roster that you need to focus that salary cap on. So um, they there there needs to be some kind of backup. Um, uh, I would prefer one with experience as opposed to like drafting a rookie in the sixth round, uh, because you're just kind of setting yourself up for failure, especially if you're, uh, have any hesitation about Baker being, you know, coming back from his injury and if there's going to be any kind of setbacks or not. So, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what they do
1: on a side note, Anthony, did you see the report that the commanders have called like every team? even the chiefs about the availability of their starting quarterbacks. Like the report was that they have called everybody and they even called the Kansas city chiefs to see if Patrick Mahomes was available.
0: No, I did not see that report, but that's that's kind of interesting.
1: There's supposedly a list of like 42 quarterbacks that they have about potential options uh, that they would like to get, whether it's signing, trading or drafting someone. So The commanders are obviously aggressive for looking for a quarterback. They see that the NFC East could be theirs if they just had better play at the quarterback position. Obviously, they've rolled with Fitzpatrick and Tyler Heineke the last couple years, but the commanders are being very aggressive. Obviously, they made a big offer for Russell Wilson. They were turned down by the Seahawks. My thinking is Russell Wilson doesn't want to go there. Um, He actually said in an interview he would like to stay on the West Coast, which makes me think that if... Denver doesn't get Aaron Rodgers. That Russell Wilson's going to be the next guy they aggressively pursue. So, uh, very interesting how this QB market's going to shake out here in the couple weeks, and it'll be interesting to see if the Browns have uh, any say in it as well.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder how quickly things could change. Uh, you know, in, in the next few weeks, I, I guess that's the exciting part about a free agency. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. So, um, didn't the the Stafford trade happened around this time last year, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, around yeah. this time,
1: yeah, it was like the week before the Super Bowl a year ago. So uh, I'm shocked that there hasn't been any movement, but also at the same time, I think like Aaron Rodgers is kind of holding things up for the rest of the league. I'm certain that a decision's coming this week because uh, the franchise tag deadline is Tuesday the eighth, which we'll actually get to here in a second, but. If they're going to tag Devontae Adams, that would make me think that Rodgers is coming back. So uh, decision time's is coming for number 12, uh, hopefully, because you don't want to leave the Packers. If the Packers let Devontae Adams go untagged for certain. He's going to be leaving, which could really uh, probably force Rodgers to say, hey, I want out of here. Well,
0: are you are you backing up the Brinks truck if uh, Devontae Adams does go untagged here next couple of days?
1: That's a good question because I feel like he's going to be asking for Hopkins money, which is like 27 million per year. Would I do it? <sighs> yes, but then you're going to have to make some serious, uh, you're going to have to make a serious sacrifice, I think to this roster. And I don't know how the fan base will feel about it. Obviously adding Devonte Adams would be huge, but I feel like the Browns would have to make another move that might anger the fan base. So, I personally wouldn't do it. I feel like he's going to probably go somewhere else anyways, but yeah, I just, I don't think it would be beneficial for the Browns to add Devontae Adams, as crazy as that sounds.
0: How, how would landing Devontae Adams change the quarterback sweepstakes with like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson?
1: It could definitely alter things in the Browns favor, but if you're adding both, Rogers or Wilson, along with Devontae Adams. You could be saying we're not extending Denzel Ward or we're going to have to trade somebody to keep our financial flexibility going forward because you're extending Wilson or Rogers. I think you're giving them a new deal and you're also giving Devontae Adams a new deal. Um, I don't know how you can make it work, but I'm sure Jack Duffin would back me up that we would have to make some kind of big move to sustain some kind of financial flexibility going forward, whether that's not extending Denzel Ward, whether that's trading a Nick Chubb or I'm not even going to say trading Miles Garrett, because I don't even want to say that, say those words, but they're going to have to do something to maintain some kind of financial flexibility to keep some kind of significant talent on this team moving forward. So I don't think that would happen, but it would be crazy if it did.
0: And the other thing it does is it obviously hampers your uh, position to upgrade the defensive side uh, with traffic because most of those will be headed back to uh, Green Bay in a trade. Unless, you know, if Rodgers tells them, you know, no, I'm not coming back, I'm retiring unless you trade me, I guess that could lower the, the compensation a little bit. So, um I don't know. It, it, it's certainly going to be uh, interesting to watch for sure. But I, I think signing Adams is, is is unlikely. It's just always fun to play those hypotheticals this time of year.
1: It definitely is. Um, we mentioned the franchise tag when it comes to Devonte Adams and everything, and how Green Bay has a big decision to make coming Tuesday. The Browns could also be having a big decision coming up here on Tuesday with David Njoku now. All expectations are he's going to be back in some form, we think, uh, with uh, free agency or with the franchise tag looming or if they can hammer out a long-term deal. Um, They met his agency and the Browns met at the Combine as well. Uh, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN has reported that the Browns have had a significant contract on the table for Najoku, and it will be north of $10 million per year on a deal. The franchise tag's around $11 million. Um, It sounds like the Browns are going to probably try to extend him, give him a long-term deal so they don't have to use the tag. But, Anthony, it seems like Najoku's going to get paid regardless, whether he's tagged, whether he's signed long-term, or whether the Browns let him go to free agency and he goes and signs a big money deal elsewhere because it seems like the fr- the tight end position is getting a significant boost in terms of salaries across the entire position group
0: yeah and i i there and there's still another level that he can reach and i i think you know if you get him at you know what 10 million or just north of 10 million um i think in two or three years that could be uh almost viewed as a discount especially if the salary cap is gonna balloon as well so Uh, If if that's the deal uh, that he gets uh, from the Browns, I I think that's a a pretty big win for the Browns. And I think that would pretty much be the end of of Austin Hooper here.
1: You would think so. But, and also in that thing, because I sent you the little screenshot as well, uh, Fowler said that the Browns are carrying, obviously, Hooper's $11.25 million cap hit going into this season. He says, but they love tight ends, and the offense often uses multiple at the same time. I don't think they would keep Austin Hooper if they tag or re-sign the to a long-term deal. But, I mean, crazier things have happened. I mean, if they were to keep both, I think that means that they're probably going to draft multiple rookie receivers or sign a couple cheap veterans and then maybe draft one to, you know— Blend veteran leadership and the young guys we already have with Schwartz and people's Jones and potential rookie. Like, I don't know how that would uh, shake things up among the offensive skill positions, but I don't see them carrying both Hooper and Njoku if they re-sign Njoku, but I don't know. I guess it's possible.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they strike out in free agency with receivers and, um, I, I could see them keeping both of them, but if they're able to, you know, land one of the bigger guys and free agency at receiver, I, I could see, uh, I could definitely see them releasing Hooper.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Right now at the Browns tag, Najoku, he would be the seventh highest paid tight end in the league. He would jump Hooper in terms of average per year. Um, do you think, Eleven million is like the good spot for Najoku in terms of salary. Uh, Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith each make twelve and a half million per year. Andrews makes fourteen million. Godere makes fourteen point two million per year. Kelsey fourteen point three, and then obviously George Kittle's the highest paid tight end at fifteen million per year.
0: Yeah, I think that's in arranged range. Maybe you know, give another million or so uh, around there, but. I, I think that that's that's a pretty good range, especially because he hasn't like reached his full potential yet. I think he can, uh, especially in this offense. So um, you know, if you want to pay him a little bit for what you think he will be in the next couple years, then then that's fine. But uh, I, I I think that range is is pretty good.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think 11 million, maybe even 12 million a year is pretty good for a guy like Najoku, who's still only 26 years old. And I think like his potential hasn't been fully tapped yet. And I think this offense is perfect for him. We've seen the flashes. I mean, if he could put it together consistently, uh, I definitely expect him to to break out. I think the Browns do get a deal done of some sorts here in the next coming days. And the Chiefs going to stay in Cleveland for uh, quite a few more years.
0: Yeah, I, I there's a baseball joke in there somewhere.
1: Uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. I
0: knew there, it. There, there's a baseball joke in there somewhere. But I'm not going to touch it. Um, were you going to say yeah, keep the chief? No, no, hmm. I, I, I I'm i just not going to touch that topic. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> but like I said, there's a joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going to touch it. But uh, yeah, I, I, I certainly see him being back
1: just a couple quick more notes before we get on out of here. Um, Mary Kay also reported earlier in the week, Rashard Higgins and Ronnie Harrison are both expected to part ways with the Browns. Uh, I don't think it's a surprise on either account. Um, You know, Harrison disappointed last season as the somewhat third safety behind Johnson and Delpit. Um, And it's not a surprise that he's probably going to move on, go sign a prove it deal somewhere else where he can be a, pretty close to a full-time starter, at least get the majority of the snaps at his position. And as it pertains to Higgins, uh, he he fizzled out of the offensive game plan, um, which seems to be his career here with the Browns. Obviously he's been here, you know, six seasons. And, you know, there's times he's been a good focal point on the offense and times where he's fizzled out. And the fact that three coaching staffs and he was uh, on the, outskirts at times with each of those coaching staffs kind of says something about Higgins, but, you know, maybe he can go somewhere and contribute in some kind of role, but it seems as though both guys were never going to be in the future plans of the Browns after this, after this past season.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I think we had hopes for Harrison. Um, I'm not surprised that uh Higgins is not going to be back. Um, But I think with the the injuries from Harrison and then, you know, just the uh, couple on the field things. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not surprised that he won't be back either.
1: No, not at all. Um, I think that's it. Is there anything else you wanted to discuss here?
0: Um, I don't think so. I think we're all good.
1: All right. Uh, well, we we thank you all for listening to this episode of the Dogland podcast. You guys can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony Jokey. Jokey is J-O-K-I. You can follow me on Twitter at Jack McCurry 8 and you can follow the Dogland on Twitter at the Dogland on Facebook. Just search the Dogland and also check out thedogland.com. So until next time, as always, Browns fans, go Browns. Hurry in during Ram Truck Month and discover what it truly means to drive a truck that's built to serve. Ram 3500, with an available legendary Cummins engine. Ram TRX, the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. And Ram 1500, ranked number one in driver appeal among large light-duty pickups in 2022. That's three years in a row by J.D. Power. Hurry in during Ram Truck Month. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards.